In this episode, we're diving into what it's like focusing on pure content creation as a freelancer. Welcome to JSDI with the two Lauras. This is the podcast for freelance social media managers, and we are sponsored by our lovely friends, Agora Pulse. In this episode, we are joined by Georgia Williams, also known as Ray of Social. Georgia is an Instagram and content creator and self-confessed Canva addict. If you're a long-time listener, you will probably be well acquainted with one of Georgia's other incredible skills, as she was the voice of our podcast theme song. I'm talking about the two Lauras. I'm talking about the two Lauras. In this episode, we're talking to Georgia about offering content creation only as a freelancer, how she prices her services, and she's giving people some top tips in case this is a service you are considering to offer. So let's dive straight in. I am Georgia, also known as G, um, for Rave Social. I work with content clients. I provide graphics, content packages, uh, brainstorming sessions, strategy sessions, all to do with content. And I'm from up north, obviously, <laughs> as you can tell. Up north. Up <laughs> north. Up north. Whereabouts are you? Uh, Min Huddersfield in West Yorkshire. I want to start by going right back to the start of when we first knew you. Okay. That's all right, Georgia. Yeah. And the very first memory I have of you was when you joined the Inner Hub and it must have been on the one of the first first or second sounding board calls that you came on. Yeah. And you asked us whether or not you should change what you wore to look more professional like on your socials. Because for people who don't, who've never like come across you, Georgia is quite wacky. You've got amazing <laughs> glasses. You've got a definite, like, it's, you're very recognisable, aren't you? But at that point, you were like, should I embrace that style or tone it down and wear a suit? Yeah. And obviously you didn't tone it down and wear a suit. No, well, maybe like- she did. Maybe this is toned down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just want to know, like, how are you feeling at a point? What made you wonder about that and what happened, like, when you did embrace your true self? So previous to marketing, I used to work in insurance, believe it or not, um, for like fleet wow. vehicles. I know, totally different. Um, and I was always <laughs> the bright one in the office. So I even toned it down like from that. And then when I went into marketing, like everyone else is just quirky, aren't they? And they're just mm. themselves um, in agencies. So I kind of dipped my toe in. And then when I got my redundant from the marketing agency and I was on my own, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like people are really going to judge because they're just going to see me first. They're not going to see a marketing agency and then get to know me. They're just going to see my face and my glasses and my vintage quirkiness and everything. I mean, today I'm in my gym kicks. I'm going for a PT session. So probably not the best example, but I like to wear like bright clothes and patterns and everything. And it's very loud and in your face, but I can still work with people who are quiet, you know, or introverts. It doesn't mean I have to work with just the crazy ones, um, even though I like to. (laughs) And so I was really concerned, like, how does that come across in content? How does that come across on Instagram when you get a couple of seconds? Um, So yeah, that was one of my first questions. I was like, oh, should I just turn it down? And then I kind of looked at my wardrobe and I was like, I can't really turn it down so don't have anything <laughs> to wear I'll just be naked so probably not the best strategy to be naked um so yeah just decided to wear what I have really so do you think you know that people say your vibe attracts your tribe do you think that is true from because you've you have got a quite a strong vibe you know there's 
you're very distinctive, very kind of different to a lot of different social media manager type of content, which is great because it differentiates yourself. Mm. But do you think by being out there really kind of embracing your personality really you know you're very positive you're very kind of like there yeah (laughs) do you think that attracts that similar kind of people that fits well with you I'm just interested to to know whether actually if we do part because we talk a lot about um how we need to work with the clients that we actually want to work with and some of those things will be yes obviously they work in a certain industry but also that they have similar values to you and just people that you like you know you're going to have to work with these people potentially for a long period of time so are you attracting the, the, the people? Is this is this a good way to essentially pre-qualify, as we would say, some of your clients because you're attracting the people that you want to work with? Does it work? Yeah, I think I get two types of clients. So I either get those that are completely like on my wavelength, you know, fit out, don't fit any boxes. They're outside the box, they're a bit quirky. Or I get those people that are not, but they want to be. So yeah. they're typically not um, not creative, they're not quirky, they're very in the box, but they want to explore who they are in themselves. So I do get two different types, but I would say the longer ones that stay with me the longest are the longer ones. The people that stay with me the longest, <laughs> <laughs> um, they are like me. Yeah, they're a bit crackers and that's what I love. Yeah, I can totally see why people who maybe aren't as, don't have such as a big personality and but they want that and they feel like they need to kind of you know could we say a lot don't we on social media you've got to kind of try and get your personality across so I can see why people would think oh well I'm going to go with Georgia because she's going to help me pull out that personality but I suspect that can be quite hard can it not for some people who are more reserved maybe and and then maybe their business offer is quite dry can Georgia Mm. work her her sunny magic on all industries or do you actually think it's better when you're working with people who have got that similar vibe to you? Um, I don't know. So I have a client who's an accountant and when she first came to me, I was thinking like, I'm not great at maths. Like I don't really like maths. I don't like accountants either. I love my own accountant, but you know, maths and accountants kind of scare me. And I was thinking like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to just work with someone for the sake of working with them. And then I saw like her content that she had already and her ideas and what she wanted to be. And I was like, totally aligned. You know, she's bright, she's out of the box and she's one of my favorite clients, you know, and yeah, she's an accountant. So I think it can be done um, as long as they are willing to kind of reach outside themselves a little bit and yeah, stretch that further. Collating all the data you need for a brilliant social media report is so time consuming. And let's not even mention the time it takes to put it into a professional looking document you're happy to share with a client. If you're looking to buy back some time while reporting your social media analytics, Agora Pulse has your back. Their built-in automated reporting system creates beautiful reports you will feel proud to send to your clients and it won't take you forever to put it all together. In fact, with a quick five-minute setup, you'll get your monthly reports in your inbox every month. Go to thetwolauras.com forward slash Agora Pulse. And have you had clients who haven't been willing to do that? Uh, Not that I've taken on. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've, I've had uh, like discovery calls, you know, with people. Um, I had a taxidermist once like come to oh me. Oh my Lord. Yeah. And I mean, obviously me being quite positive and, and loud, <laughs> taxidermy, like deaf and not being positive <laughs> didn't really work. Um, so I just kind of said, I'm not the right person for you, but I can recommend, you know. So yeah, I think it can work, but if the topic or the industry is just not aligned, then it's not going to work for either of us, really. Yeah. And I, well, I think that's across the board, isn't it? But. Mm. Okay. So your business, so Ray of Social, mm-hmm. you're very much in the Instagram space, aren't you, in terms of that's where we find you. Like, I'm sure you're probably marketing yourself in other places, but um, that's where you're always hanging out, From in my opinion, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. And yep. the one thing that you've done differently to a lot of more I want to say standard social media management uh, freelancers is that you've developed an offering which is just about content creation and which I think is really interesting really unique you know and yes there are other people who do that but probably not that many why did you offer that is it because and it could be all of these. Is it because like you loved content creation and you just wanted to keep doing more of that? Or did you really start to identify that there was a need that people were okay with kind of like the strategy for argument's sake, but really struggled in that, you know, getting into Canva or what have you and creating graphics? I think that I realized I didn't really like the other parts of social media management and I was outsourcing them. So I was kind of like, okay, I work for myself. Why am I doing all the other bats? I don't have to. I might as well go work for a company, you know, to do jobs I don't want to do. And yeah, I looked at my offering and the management side of things and I was outsourcing like engagement, scheduling and to VAs, you know, and things. And I was kind of like, I just don't enjoy. It's not lighting me up. Obviously, happy to do it. But I'd sit down and look at like the analytics for my clients and be like, oh, it's all numbers. Like, oh, I just want to create pretty things, you know? So <laughs> it was it was the part of social media that I actually enjoyed the most. And I knew that when I was having like my Canva days for my clients, I was like totally in my element, you know? And I'd come out of work like, this is amazing. I'm such a great freelancer. And I was thinking like, why don't I do this all the time? Why am I having days where I'm thinking I've got calls or reports to do when I could just create content for a living? Yeah, that's really interesting because I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather look yeah, at the you data. You're not a fan of Canva at all, are you? <laughs> no, no. But then you know, but we're not all, are we? And that's and that's a good thing for you, isn't it? I guess, Georgia, is that there'll be lots of people out there who like potentially love being on social media, love doing that engagement for their own businesses or what have you, love being really proactive, love being quite strategic about it, know what they need to do. But, and then they walk into, well, obviously they don't walk into Canva. They open Canva on their computer and then they just kind of like me go, oh, like I just find it too over, personally too overwhelming in there. There's just too much now. I preferred (laughs) it, you know, a few years ago when it was much more basic. Yeah. (laughs) So that's good. So it's working then and people are keen. Yeah. I think um, something that I also figured out along the way is that the, the benefit of just doing content means that I can scale a little bit more quicker than I would be able to if I had taken on full-time management clients. Um, Obviously, there's a cap on that. And I got to that cap last year. And it was either a point of, do I become an agency? Or do I have a freelancer that's white labeling? Like, what is my next step? And I didn't fancy any of those steps. You know, I looked at my business, 
my, I always say like your business has to support your lifestyle and what you actually want in your real life. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? You like, again, you can just go work for somebody. And my priorities were to take six weeks off in summer to spend that time with my little girl and also like half term time and to travel. I love traveling. Well, how can I have full-time management clients and scale to the level that I want to if I've got commit I can't do that I can't travel and I can't have those commitments together unless I outsource which then I don't want to do because I don't want to manage people so I was in this sticky like mess situation thinking I just don't know what my next step is whether it's with the content packages that I provide I can batch them on those days and then hand them over to the client and then I kind of see them next month you know apart from amends there's no ongoing support there's no logging into their accounts checking things and making sure nothing's you know no fires to put out as it were on social and so that really appealed to me just having that flexibility and that freedom with that client still. So how do you plan to scale that up? Um, I think just take on more clients till I pop. Because <laughs> do you still have you at one point you had a membership? Do you still have the membership? Yeah. Is that still growing? Yep. So I simplified that. Um, I have a template membership, simplified it. So it's not on Facebook. It's literally an email link um, and a small hub of like Canva tips and things working really well. Super easy to fit in as well with all my other commitments. Um, so yeah, simplifying that massively helped. And then I got rid of, not rid of, but gave notice or whatever you call it to my management clients. And so I, know, I only have content clients now. Nice. That. that is. Nice. How do you manage the process of people think? Because obviously, we know we live in a world where lots of people think that um, good social media is just putting, and in, in Instagram's um, sake, just putting pretty pictures on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we know that good social media marketing is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. So you're offering a, a part of that process of social media marketing and and a process that I think a lot of people struggle with so there's definitely obviously that need for that but how do you manage that expectation of client that they still need to do all the other elements of social media management of marketing sorry and do you kind of advise them and say look well look I'm gonna yes I'll happily do your content and this is what I'm going to create for you each month and obviously what's your strategy blah 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 but Mm -hmm. do you have to kind of remind them this is only a part of the pie like and do you find that people kind of come to you and say well I'm not seeing this isn't working Georgia because I'm not seeing you know I've not got to 10,000 followers or whatever ridiculous (laughs) expectations they might have and that they feel like that's your fault because they forget that there's so much more to marketing yeah so that's just setting expectations on the initial call um straight away like that is what I would say it's just a piece of the recipe you know it's not it's an ingredient it's not the entire recipe it's not going to produce um, an amazing tasty meal there are other things that need to be on I always make sure that they have somebody available on the account so I have like two different types of clients I'd say some that get it because they work in marketing themselves and they just need graphics so there's none of that you know there's none of the why isn't the content working they understand you need the other pieces yeah and then you have the other business owners that maybe don't have any idea about marketing and they just want to look good and it's those that you have to manage their expectations i've found um but so far i've not had anybody come back and say why is this not growing my account because they understand from the beginning they have to do all the other things themselves or somebody in that company has to do that 
I knew you'd get that sorted. I knew I knew it wouldn't be an issue for you. Just wanted to address it. <laughs> if there were other people listening to this thinking, oh my God, I love this. Like, I just love being in Canva. I don't like the reporting or the scheduling or the dealing with the client, you know, crisis management on social. What would you say would be your kind of top tips for someone who wanted to do this themselves or things to avoid maybe? Like, what would you suggest? Um, I'd say, first of all, create content yourself um, because if you're not visible, then how will people know what, what you create or how you create, you know, your channels, whatever preferred channel that you're on, is your virtual CV. And that's what I have people looking at and they're thinking, oh, you know, your content, I like your content, I like the way it is, it's bright, I want mine like that. If I'm not creating content where there are a few blips sometimes, then I don't get as many clients. So I'd say start with creating the content on your own channels because that is where you need to be. And then I would probably say, think about your pricing. So when you're thinking about your pricing, rather than having like a specific package where you're just like, this is a standard package and it applies to everybody. I actually used your pricing calculator from many moons ago, I can't even remember when it was, (laughs) where I worked out how many weeks in the year that I wanted to work, how many days I wanted off. And that obviously gave me a rough hourly figure. And whilst I would never say like, this is my hourly rate to somebody, in my head, that's how I would price a job. So I would think that's what I want to earn per year. And I know that job's going to take me like four hours to do. So I need to price it at that. So when I give them a price, that's how I do it. And I think pricing with graphics People think that if you're like providing six graphics, you can't charge like 200 pounds because it's only six graphics. But if that six graphics takes you a while to do or the back and forth thing, it's the time involved. It's not what you produce. You know, we produce one to two pieces of content a week for a social media management client, but we don't charge on or we shouldn't charge on how many pieces of content. Mm. It's about everything else. And I think that's what I really struggle with at the beginning. I actually found an invoice. Um... (laughs) Don't judge me. For 77 pieces of content for a client um, for £194, which I think works out at like £2.50 or something. We're like. so not judging, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was literally when I first started and this was never even a proper thing for me, you know, content. And I was just like, wow, you actually worked for nothing back then, you know. So, yeah, I think it's a learning experience, you know, a learning curve, but just really think about your pricing on and how long it takes you. And then the last thing that I would say is be really clear with the kind of content that you actually want to create. So rather than if Canva is your thing, like offer Canva graphics, but if Reels or TikToks are your thing and you're down with editing and you're fast, you can offer that, you know, don't offer something that is then going to take you like hours to figure out and actually create yourself because you're just going to lose time and money. Yeah, that's good advice. I think people do need to just lean into what they enjoy doing and that doesn't, nothing has to last forever, does it? You know, Mm. you could in, you know, in 12 months time be doing something completely different if you wanted to, then that's the joy of having your own business. But I think if there are things in your life that you're really enjoying, then go hard on those things. Don't just kind of sit there writing your monthly reports or whatever it is that doesn't bring you joy if you don't, if you don't want to. Um, Mm. There's no rules, is there? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for people who might be thinking about doing this, maybe they like Canva, they're thinking, okay, this sounds like a good thing for me. How do you stay creative, B, 
be able to always think of ideas and not just get that, oh my God, I'm so sick of Canva kind of vibe. <laughs> so that you've, you're always creating really good stuff for your clients. Um, I think the real question is, does Canva ever get fatigued of G? Because I'm in it all the time, <laughs> literally all the time. I've Love used that. Canva for nine out of the 10 years it's been around. And in the early days, it used to crash like the smallest of things. And I would march over to Twitter and be like, what's going on? Why aren't you fixing it? <laughs> you know, have a right whinge on Twitter about it. And now it's so much more advanced and it's amazing. And I think because I spend so much time in it, there are a couple of like quick wins that I've kind of set up in my Canva, you know, to be able to make things faster so that I don't get that, oh, it's taking forever to remove the background or whatever. But I think for ideas and, and always being creative, it's a mindset thing and being too hard on yourself. You can't be creative on demand sometimes. Your head is mm. just not in it. So you can't sit down and be like a genius, you know, just because you should be, because that's what you're <laughs> providing. So Damn. I think, I know, right? How good would that be? <laughs> but for me, it's about making sure that my mindset is in a good place. And if I'm not feeling creative, taking myself out of the situation, not forcing myself to be creative and get that work done, going for a run, doing something else, um, my best ideas come like when I'm in the shower or when I don't have a pen and paper, you know, it's always the yeah. case. So trying to like voice note myself a little bit of an idea or voice note the client or whatever. I'm sure that, you know, most of my clients are used to these crazy, oh my gosh, I've just had this idea, you know, voice note. And even myself, I look back at my voice notes and I think, what on earth were you even thinking? Because that was nuts. But yeah, just trying to not force that creativity and not think about an idea just because you have to get that done and removing yourself and then coming back to it if you need to. And that's part of what you need to consider when you're pricing, isn't it? That that thinking time is absolutely key to any kind of creative industry, isn't it? And we've talked about this before, but if you force that creativity, it's like when I sit there and go, right, I've got to go into camera and I need to create something for an, you know, an ad campaign. It's whenever I put myself in that situation, it's when I'm like, I just draw a blank. But when it's, mm -hmm. it's when I'm like walking the dog or doing the school run or walking around Tesco's is when I might think of something. And, you know, and I'm not saying that we need to be saying to our clients, you've got to pay me to walk around Tesco's, but you do need to make sure that when you're quoting, you're quoting enough that allows you to have that time to think and to come up with these ideas because, mm -hmm. For most people, you know, you're not alone that when you remove yourself from that situation, you know, you walk away from your desk and you do whatever it is, hoovering or whatever, that's when you're more likely to get your ideas. Like I get a lot of my ideas when I go on holiday. <laughs> Typically, it's when I just have my brain can kind of switch off from those day to day things and I have that space in my brain to think a bit more clearly. Okay, so obviously you've been an Inner Hub member now for a couple of years and it's been so lovely to see how your business has kind of changed and tweaked over that time. So what we want to know is what is next? What is next for G? What is next for Ray of Social? Where are you going? Are we coming with you? <laughs> we're going somewhere Tell hot us everything. if we're going. <laughs> Where the Tell sunshine is. Um, so obviously just taking over the world one Canva graphic at a time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah content creation graphics um strategy ideas brainstorming that's my entire focus for this year 
I feel like this year I just had that penny drop and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to do more of that, I think. Nice. Amazing. So before we wrap up then, if people want to come and connect with you and see what you're doing, where's the best place for them to find you? I am at Ray of Social on everything. So just follow the yellow sunshine, you'll find me somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And we'll put all of your links in the show notes as well so people can just click those directly and come and check you out. Thank you so much, Georgia. This has been brilliant. Thank Um, you. And yeah, thank you. Lovely. Thank you. So that's it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. It's always good, I think, to hear from different people who are offering different services in different industries so you can get ideas for how you can shape your own business. Now, we mentioned a few times that Georgia is one of our Inner Hub members. If you are not a member, then check out the link in the show notes or go to the twolauras.com forward slash Inner Hub and get yourself on the list. We would love to see you in the membership and we'd love to know what you thought of this episode. So come over and let us know wherever you usually follow us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Awkward bye. Bye.